everybody who's joining us today. Um, I'm Terry McDowell Ott, the editor of the Presbyterian Outlook, and and today is a special episode because we are <laughs> turning the tables on leading theologically, where I get the privilege of interviewing my good friend and colleague in ministry, the Reverend Doctor Hanson <laughs> Hasty. Um, Lee, it's so good to be with you. I know this. Oh, this is a long time in coming. That I get. This is this is the way it should be. I, I wasn't sure about all of this, but then I thought about. Then Terry said she would be willing to do this, and I was like, it it touched my heart. And we got some time together recently on her. I know back deck in her yes, home, and so right. it's saw my it's, new home in Harrisonburg, and it's all um, it's all good. <laughs> it is. It's all good. Yeah, I know. I think you told me that the foundation staff has been sort of on you to do this for a while, to turn the tables. Um, I, you know, I think you probably prefer to be the one asking the questions. <laughs> He's a very humble guy. He doesn't like mm. to brag, but <laughs> um, friends, we all know that Lee has wisdom to share. And, and gosh, I mean, you've interviewed 75 theological leaders on this podcast. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Think about Mm -hmm. So we all want to learn that we all want to know, Lee, this is a good chance because we want to know what has Lee learned? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the goal for today. What is yeah. Lee learned? Um, yes. But first, <laughs> let me let me begin with my formal introduction, because you deserve a formal introduction <laughs> of uh, the Reverend Dr. Lee Hinson Hasty is my guest today. He is the <laughs> Senior Director of Theological Education Funds Development at the Presbyterian Foundation. Lee has been an ordained Presbyterian pastor for 28 years. That's, that's hard to believe, isn't it? You're I don't think I was even 28 when I came to seminary. So. <laughs> You're a few years ahead of me. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm the baby here. Um, um, Lee earned his Master of Divinity degree from Louisville Theological Seminary, which is where we met and his Doctor of Ministry from McCormick Theological Seminary. Lee has served, gosh, in so many contexts, in parish ministry, campus ministry, hospital chaplaincy. You've served at our denominational offices and now with the Presbyterian Foundation. Friends, Lee's CV is literally 16 pages long. I'm going to tell you That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> That's what happens when you send me those documents. Oh, and I wow. read the whole thing. It was riveting. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to tell you, the largest sections on Lee's CV are service to church and society and service to the Presbyterian Church's General Assembly Ministries. Um, those, those of you who know Lee well, and, and I, as I do, you know that Lee is a true servant of Christ's mm -hmm. church. Um, I also know Lee to be a lifelong learner. I think that's why you like being the one doing the interviews. Um, <laughs> and Lee is also an incredibly generous friend. Um, Lee is always asking the question, how can I be of help? And, mm. and the best thing about Lee is that he means it. Um, he's been a great help. He and his wife, Elizabeth, who um, we've got to give a shout out to Elizabeth because she recently accepted a new position as professor of theology and ethics at Union Presbyterian Seminary in Charlotte, which is fantastic. That's so exciting. 
for her and your family. Um, but Leah and Elizabeth have always been um, super generous friends with me and my husband, Dan. Um, we all met at Louisville Seminary. Although I have to admit, Lee, I, I always kind of just looked up to you and you, oh. you guys were like the cool kids at seminary. I was a couple <laughs> years behind you, just a baby seminary student. And I was like, man, they're so cool. They're going to they're gonna do great things. Um, and uh, so Lee and Elizabeth, they just really are the best people. And um, Lee is worthy of the spotlight. So um, I've learned a lot from you, Lee. I know we have a lot to learn from you during these 20 minutes that we have together. <laughs> right. Um, right. So welcome, Lee Henson Hasty, to Thank your you. own show. Thank <laughs> you, Terry. That was a gracious invitation. It really was. Um, I'm, I'm so honored. And yeah, no, I, it was the other way around. I remember... I think hearing you preach for the first time in seminary, I thought like you're going places and it's true. Oh. And so glad you're sitting where you are with the Presbyterian Outlook now, the work you did at Monmouth College as well, your writing. Um, and yeah, the clergy couples, we're, we're the, yeah. we're married to the PhDs. You know? <laughs> and um, so we're, we're sort of in that little uh, a cohort, so to speak. And it's a, it's a nice one. And, and, one I deeply appreciate so much. Yeah. And, and so excited for Elizabeth and the foundation to, you know, um, continue and the committee on theological education to honor my call yeah. as she does that. It just deepens my call to serve the yeah. church and support future ministers, having her go into union. So we're, we're super excited about that. Yeah. Wow. And, um, uh, yeah, that's funny. You would say, I mean, you, you, I, you probably know more about me than about myself. How can I be of help? Because I'm a number two, I'm a two on the Enneagram. Oh, so okay. no surprise probably to you. That's, a, that's, the, that's the question Enneagram two is asked. How can I be of help? That's right, great. Right. So I'm actually glad you started talking about your, you have a really deep sense of call, I know, to this position mm. that you're in now with the Presbyterian Foundation. And um, let's let's start with, you, well, I'm supposed to, because you always do. Right? We have to start with the vocation question, and um, and the the vocation question that I'm going to turn to is from the amazing um, Katie Geneva Cannon Lee. What is work your soul must have? Yeah, I remember. Um... I'm not sure that it's the first time. It may have been the first time I met Katie Geneva Cannon, uh, the Reverend Doctor. She came and sat, and it was a room in the library at uh, Union Presbyterian Seminary where my wife was defending her PhD dissertation. And she sat beside me, and uh, she had recently joined the faculty, and I was already, I mean, I was a huge fan. And she reached over and put her hand on me, rubbed my back like it's going to be okay. Because I was, I think I was more nervous than she was. And, um, and I think you know, for me, what the work that my soul must have is helping others mm. live out their call. Yeah. I think that's why I ask that question a lot. It gives me so much joy to help others discern because that's not a one and done kind of thing, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's beautiful to um, 
and, and it's a real privilege to have honor relationships like us, to watch people live out their call in new ways. I mean, like you're just such a beautiful writer wow. that you're the Presbyterian Outlook. I mean, it just makes me so happy. I mean, that's yeah. that's what really gives me joy. And and I'd say secondly is like making connections for people um, with people, with mission, with um, uh, that also gives me a tremendous amount of joy is uh, introducing people and then sort of just backing away, you know, and watching it happen. I was at a comp, we were, you know, uh, a gathering together recently and I introduced two new friends and then they spent the next hour oh. talking to each other, you know, yeah. and I was just like, yeah. yes, yes. That's, that's what it is. That's how we knit together the body yeah. of Christ, like yeah. one relationship at a time. And um, so I love that. And I get to do that in my work you know, supporting future ministers with the Theological Education Fund. Uh, you know, there are so many people who care about their pastor. They want yeah. others to have pastors. <laughs> and so um, it's, you know, being able to help them um, live out that call and that to, to the glory of God is 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 an honor and a privilege. Truly. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Um, and you're so good at it, Lee. You really are. You're just like, they're the greatest connector of people and builder of relationships. Um, I do. I love that work too. And I think, you know, we need, we, we need to constantly sort of broaden the circle, right. Open right. the table and, right. you know, connect more people. Um, but, um, you know, and I, I was thinking as you were talking vocation and call that those questions of vocation and call, we need to keep asking ourselves that yes. it, it evolves. And yours has certainly evolved 100% through yes. the course of, of your 28 years. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me feel old, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm just getting started. That's the thing. <laughs> no, but I mean, but you've articulated to me as your friend that you just, you've done so many things in the span of your career, but you feel like, I think you use the word you just really feel like you're in sort of a moment where you're really living into the call mm. in this position of yours at the Presbyterian Foundation. So so um right. actually first let's back up. Why don't you tell us because sometimes this is a good exercise all us Presbyterians need to do. Yes. Like, tell us how how would you describe your job at the foundation to someone who's not Presbyterian? Like right. the elevator, it's like the elevator. That's a great question. Hey, a great question. Hey, what yeah. do you do? And and they have no clue what the Presbyterian Foundation is. So right. what do you what do you do, Lee? <laughs> right. No, it's I love that. Thanks for asking. And and yeah, I do do that from time to time. And yeah, Presbyterians, man, we have some insider language yes. and, yes. and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. So um, I often talk about the Presbyterian Foundation as uh, like a community foundation you know, for the Presbyterian church. So I'm involved in a place where people can make connection to a mission that matters. So if there's something that you really care about, you, you can find a place where you can invest in whatever that is and you, okay. especially your financial gifts. And so I'm a part of that organization. And my particular work is um, investing in the future by investing in future leaders, in my case, future pastors in the Presbyterian church. Yeah. Um, and I think it really matters because um, I'm, uh, you know, just when I read any of my news feeds now, I realize how much thinking critically, theologically, economically, socially, and theologically, I mean, yeah. that's just, you know, naming the show leading theologically, like 
to think theologically, like putting God at the center of those questions. Right. And it's why like the vocation questions are so important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm sitting on an airplane. You got to be careful in those conversations. You let yeah. them find yeah. out you're a pastor yeah. um, too, or you're, you're religious <laughs> and you never know what might happen. But um, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's I, the, the times I get to do that. I, I often just say too is um, I, I'm an advocate for others and what they do. Yeah. Um, and I want to find ways to support them. Yeah. and help others support them and support things that matter to them. So when I'm talking to like to my, <laughs> my daughters, I have a teenage daughter, as you know, her friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's I often just say like, I'm trying to help people uh, support things that matter mm. for now and in the future. Yeah. Um, so. Right. And I love how you say, you know, the, that theology is part of that mix, you know, yes. often in our public discourse, the, the theological perspective is not is missing and it, right. needs, it needs to be more public and more part of part of the the conversation about all the events that are happening in the world today. right 100 yeah 100%. so that's kudos to you that is work that matters and um and what of this work i mean because this is what is it that makes your heart sing about this work what what i mean clearly you love it but like why is it <laughs> at this point in your life your it almost feels like a sweet spot of your call it it is um it's funny um i i knew this early on and people you know encouraged me to consider ministry from early on and i was you know resistant um but at various stages of my life i've felt like um very close friends, but even friends that were two or three, you know, not the closest, but definitely friends. Yeah. They sought me out mm -hmm. to have discernment and deep conversations about decisions they were making in their life um, or just to be a listening ear. Mm -hmm. And I love that so much. That's what makes me sing because hearing their stories of their lives, like real stories, painful stories, joyful yeah. stories, like real stories. Those are the things that um, really give me, you know, make me get up in the morning. I mean, those are things I write down, <laughs> you know, and, and try to remember. Yeah. Um, and, and it's happened on the show too. I mean, yeah. I mean things and, and those stories um, bring out, make me a better person, a better mm -hmm. disciple and person of faith mm. um, and, and help me guide me in my own work. Um, make, help me become a better listener, you know? Um, and so those, it's those stories. And, and I would say the other thing, and um, it's part of the show too, I guess is why it kind of has come together in the work is trying to ask better questions. Like I really love to hear uh, more generous, more yeah. gracious, more hopeful, yeah. more uh deeper questions. I mean, all que I'm okay with any question and you can learn something, but the better questions, yeah. you know, are the ones that really right. grab me yeah. and I hold on to them and, yeah. and think about them and share them with others. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, the show and these, these relationships, you know, that's yeah. what it's really about um, have had, are just a joy in my life. I mean, so. That's great. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. 
you're a great listener too. I mean, <laughs> that is a true calling. I mean, we, we put too much emphasis on speaking and, right. and it's, it's a skill set to be a really good, a receiver of stories. Yes. Um, and I love, I love that. And, 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 and speaking of that, so you've, You've interviewed 75 people on your show. <laughs> and you've heard so much. Um, right. I was going to get into like, tell us about the bloopers, but. <laughs> there, there are bloopers. We, I had, know. To edit, we had to edit out well, one that I can remember at the end of the show. Where we were still. <laughs> I am. Um, I love, I love tuning in. Um over usually over my lunch hour and I, I just love eating my lunch and listening to Lee, you know, and nobody's got on and and uh, I remember some of the bloopers, but I won't <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I need to hear about those. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a live show. I've even I tried know. not you know, try not yeah. to prepare too much. Yeah. You know, just enough to ask some good questions and get the conversation going. I want want it to be, you know, and yeah, real, authentic. So. Right. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> oh, all right, so go. I know you've been preparing for this. I have been, you know, I yes, yeah, so I've been reviewing. Yeah, I was anticipating you do that, and it's something I've been wanting to do, and I've done a little bit. And some folks, there have been a couple people in my life, and that's just one um, who said, "Lee, maybe you should write some things about this." And I'm, yeah. I'm not sure if that's where I'm going with it, but I have been listening back to some of the shows and it just, they just grabbed me. I was in the car yesterday and um, yeah, I mean, one of the things I learned is to give some space. I was with, we were with uh, uh, Lakeisha Lockhart and she used a Toni Morrison quote that I'm holding on to the clearing space. Like we we need to find not just space, but find the clearing space. Yes. At Union Presbyterian Seminary and Christian Education the clearing space where we can dance. I mean, yeah. I hope that this, you know, that this form provides that clearing space. It's provided it for me. Like it's su- surprised me. It's brought some things out of me and reminded me of things. Um, and particularly in the heart of the, you know, the, the deep lockdown, um, it provided some connection and I'll never forget. And I listened to it again and I, I started <laughs> weeping again um, is it was an interview about worship in the pandemic and had Ted Wardlaw, who was then president at Austin Seminary, and Eric wow. Wall, who's in sacred music at Austin, and together. Wow. And at the end, Eric just said he provided a clearing space by just, he said, I'm just going to play something and we're not going to sing. You know, we weren't singing, right? Really? I'm not going to sing, but you sing in your head or sing out loud if you're at home. Yeah, <laughs> if I can say, I mean, he started playing "Be Thou My Vision," oh my and I, I still get chills just even saying that, you know. Um, uh, and it it just, I mean, it touched me so much. I mean, wow. so providing those sort of those sort of holy holy spaces. I also kind of listened back and over and over, and it, probably part of this, certainly not just probably, is part of the context is. There was a real theme of, you know, hope versus fear. Wow. <laughs> I mean, hope. Yeah. Real hope. I mean, I love Brian Blunt. I'd forgotten yeah. he said this, but I, I've written it down now. Yeah. Is he, you know, he's written about Revelation. I and know. he talks yeah. about, he talks about, I know about how the end of the book is, you know, yeah. it's about yeah. hope. And he said a lot of apocalyptic movies and, 
and books and there it's about like a sea of despair and fear um, and islands of hope. He said, that's not, that's not the narrative in revelation. That's not the narrative in scripture. It is a sea of hope with islands of fear and despair. Wow. Like let's we're on, that's the boat that we're riding on is a sea of hope. We get distracted and we see those islands of fear and, yeah. distress um, and they can sort of take over, <laughs> but yeah. no, as people of faith, we're people of hope. And I, I just, I'll just, and I heard that in so many people's stories. Um, Gregory Ellison, the wisdom of Howard Thurman is one I, I have, yeah. I've replayed, uh, I replayed it again. It wasn't the first time I replayed it. Um, it's just really touching. Um, and he's, he's a good friend. He's at Candler School of Theology um, was was so powerful, yeah. um, especially. I mean, I use the Thurman question about, you know, what yeah. makes you come alive often in terms of vocation. So, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you saying I, I think what I love most is learning new things. I mean, yeah. William William used book was a recent guest and uh, his oh, book my gosh, about, the history of, of slavery in the Presbyterian church. Like, I mean, he, he quotes from the minutes, you know, the general assembly. I mean, it's like, you know, it's sort of like when I read blood doesn't sign my name. I don't know if you ever read yeah. that book, yeah, the, yeah. Tyson book. And I, uh, and then I read a book he wrote on uh, radio free Dixie about Robert Williams and the black Panthers, which is from my home County. I grew up in North Carolina, union County, <laughs> union County. And yeah. it, it was, quoted from the newspaper, quoted Presbyterian elders that went to First Presbyterian where I grew up and I'm reading it, you know, and, you know, this is, it's not, these are not stories I was told, you know, not that I learned in school. (laughs) I didn't know about that riot. I didn't know about, you know, that uh, there were people trying to shoot at the only African-American doctor in town, you know, and that's what Robert Williams, why, I mean, he was NAACP and, you know, nonviolent, but, you know, when they started going to shoot their doctor, <laughs> you know, no, I'm going to protect that doctor. I guess I'll have to have a, a gun and I'm not a pro gun by any means, but um, I can understand where he was coming from. But it it's it's the it's those kind of sparks. Yeah. You know, and I've, I've heard that from others who listen to the show, too. It's it sparks something in them. I've, there there have been guests. I mean, um, people who've tuned in over time. And uh, they'll they'll write to me, you know, and it's so it starts those kind of conversations. And, yeah, it's 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 definitely been a gift to me. Um, and I hope to at least one other person. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, my gosh. Those are so great. And you've you've gotten um, you've really grown the audience, too, on the, you know, um, in terms of people. I I was really interested in you had the stats of which which interview got, got the most most <laughs> right views, right and right. Barbara Brown Taylor of course won that of one. course of course He's <laughs> but known. And then David Lamont was number two right David Lamont I mean oh. singer songwriter I mean he's somebody who creates a clearing space I mean I, yeah. you know you, yeah. it, people who know him and he I did it on the show it was the it was the week of um, the shooting um, in Uvalde and oh, he's God. like Lee we we got to do something. You know, and I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, yeah, um, yeah he's he's super special. Oh, my gosh. Did he sing while he was on the show? He did. You know, he didn't. I mean, uh, he's you know, he's a peace activist. He's an yeah. author. He's a nonprofit leader. Um, 
he, his guitar is in the background, but we did. I don't think yeah. he sang. I should, I, I should have him back. Yeah, you should have him back for, a, for a, to to share some of the music because his right. lyrics are great too. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I know. Um, it's nice to see Victor Aloyo here giving us greetings from Columbia Seminary. Hello, Victor. Um, <laughs> and um, I wanted to, but you know, Lee and I, we have. You and I have a lot of conversations um, now, now that I have this position and much more perspective on our denomination. Mm. Um, you know, we talk about theological leadership today. You know, you're the you're the person I know who tracks the statistics more than anybody. I, I think you've you've got your your finger on the pulse of sort of what's happening and in uh, the Presbyterian Church USA and the number of um, pastors seeking calls, the number of vac vacancies. I'd like just to talk about this, those statistics. But then, sure. um, but, you know, I, you know, we've had some conversation about this, but I want to dig deep here and I want to talk about the wealth of the Presbyterian Church. Yeah, right. And, and the fact that we are not a poor church no. and how how can we, how are we, I mean, what do you know? And how are we mm -hmm. investing in pastoral leadership, theological leadership and, or, and what can we do um, to invest, you know, our wealth um, right. wisely, not only just wisely, but creatively. Right. How can we see this denomination into the future, understanding that we are not a poor denomination um, let me just throw all that at you and you spitball. Maybe we should start with, start with the statistics because you, well, you always have yeah. right in your head. I mean, there's a lot and we're working on bringing more of this kind of together as a dashboard across the, the, um, the national agencies to, to help everyone because wherever you sit in the, at the Presbyterian Outlook or in a local church or in a Presbytery leadership position or a theological school or college, there's things you can do. You know, and everybody has some sort of resource, financial, you know, or other. Um, probably they, they can invest in something that matters to them. And so like it just putting up this is the real picture, because yeah. I think a lot is hidden or not known. I mean, the one that yeah. you know, haunts me um, and now it, it changed about uh, last fall as we went from more positions open than we had people seeking, Yeah, you know, and. Um, it's not all those positions are full time, but a lot of them are. And um, it made me, you know, there's a, a lot of transition happening in leadership. So that's what part of the, my call, why I keep doing what I do, because like supporting the future leaders is, I think, really does matter. I think it matters to have um, a, a good pastor, good educator, you know, good uh, mission coworkers, yeah. um, the right kind of um, seminary and college um professors and in, in the theological academies and arts. So yeah, there's, this is not nearly enough and that the numbers aren't going the right way. It's right. Uh, so, and it's not happening with candidates and choirs either. So we, we've got some work to do, like mentoring people in terms of the gifts that they have and helping them discover their call, whether it's sharing resources or maybe becoming a ruling elder or serving in a position or you thinking about pastoral ministry, like right. um, starting so, the conversation sooner, the vocation sooner. conversation. Right. Right. And, 
for youth. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, you did some wonderful work. I know at Monmouth College around this mm -hmm. and helping ask those helping ask those questions. By the way, I listened to our interview. It was so much fun. <laughs> You're writing your book. Oh, gosh. I, just or I, I was in this seat. Yeah. Well, and I'll say that, like, get proximate. You, that's yeah. something I remember that. Get proximate to the suffering. So yeah. I think there are churches right now and congregations and faith communities that are suffering because they need a leader. They want someone yeah. to be a partner, not to come and, you know, be a savior and a hero, but to, wow. to help God and walk with them and help them ask better questions. I mean, yeah. that, that it breaks my heart when I see churches that are looking for years, not just months, but years um, yeah. for pastoral leadership, or even just looking for somebody to preach next week. You know, um, I mean, yeah. so that really breaks my heart. And yes, I mean, there is, there's a tremendous amount of wealth and resources money, but also influence and education in the Presbyterian church. And people are doing amazing things from serving in civic leadership to educational leadership and giving money. And you know, the very first gift, Terry, Elias Boudinot, that started the Presbyterian Foundation was for theological libraries of first call pastors. Oh my gosh. It still pays out today. Wow. Wow. 200 plus years later wow. so that you can start a theological library in your first call. But guess what? Um, I've told people about this. They're like, whoops, I better return these books. You're supposed to leave those books with that oh, congregation. Oh. Yes. And when you move on, so it's, see, it's theological education yeah. for yes, the pastors, but really for the church. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, and so, I don't think there's any one way to invest, but I just say, figure out a way that you're going to invest in the future of the church. Yeah. And I think it probably involves investing in future leaders yeah. in one way or another. Leadership matters so much. And, you know, the, I think I haven't seen this recently, but for, um, I understand a very small percentage of people, for example, have a will. You know? I mean, this is where a lot of the gifts, you know, come from the kind of, legacy kind of giving and uh, is through your estates. There were two, we wrote a story about it. These two sisters, I mean, they gave $600,000 together in their estates. They were not super well. It was mainly their house, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's how you can do it. And um, Greg Ellison, I mean, he, that legacy question, I think that's the thing. Wow. The way do we, how can we invest is starting asking a better question. I love his and it came from Howard Thurman is what must we do to die a good death? So I wish people would ask that it's live a good life. How are we going to live a good life? Right. So people remember us like Elias Boudinot. Yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. um, it's pretty amazing, you know, that that is still, I mean, still paying out today. To, yeah. And if there are any new pastors out there, apply for that money. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't know about it. That's Me just... either. Me either. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Lee! Um, you know, I knew this would happen, but we've already gone over time. Oh, no. God. I like feel like I just need like twenty five more minutes with Lee. Oh, no. um, oh gosh, maybe but, not. Uh, it's, I I feel like I should um, obey your rules and your time your time guidelines. You're in charge today. Uh, you can do whatever right. you want. That's right. And, uh, and wrap up just with a word of thanks. Lee, you are a leader. You are a theological leader mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. deserve to be interviewed yourself. And you do amazing work on our behalf, on the church's behalf. And 
really grateful for you. Um, I'm grateful for you as a friend. Um, mm. You are, um, you're doing great, great things in this call of yours. So, mm. so keep it up. Um, I'm supposed to announce the next show, but I don't think there is a next show. <laughs> like, isn't it like, this is the end of the season. Yes. And, yes. All right. This is the finale. <laughs> and then, um, and then I'm inviting you to give a charge and a blessing charge and benediction for everyone today. So would you, would you mind doing that for us? Yes. I'll, um, I, I tried not to write anything down <laughs> to think about this. Um, right, right. See where that came from. Yeah. I'm, I'm so grateful for our friendship and look yeah. forward to seeing you again. It gives, always gives me life um, to be with you, Terry and, and best wishes to Dan. Let's, let's get our families together yeah. soon. Yeah. Um, uh, there may be some field hockey happening in Virginia before you know it. So <laughs> you're, we're going to teach you that. No, did you play? You no, ran track. No, you ran. I'm, you're I'm a runner. A, I'm a runner. Was a runner. runner. I'm older now. Yes. I, I want to say to everyone out there, remember you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And although the world keeps telling you to be scared and things are scary and they're real and there is suffering, know that we're in a sea of hope. And on that Sea of Hope, we're in a boat and we're all together. Mm -hmm. uh, we're connected. And, and if if uh, you need someone to meet, just reach out and help help get to know them. Ask them about their stories of faith and, um, and be renewed. Share your own um, and know that the one who created us, the one who um, continues to create among us and empower creativity and innovation is with us. The one who redeemed us, forgives us and loves us um, is with us. And the one who is spirit among us and gives us our very next breath provides promise and love and truth uh, for the days and weeks and months to come. Um, may that be for you and all your kin. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Lee. Grateful for you. It was a beautiful Thanks. place. <laughs> Thank you. Peace, everybody. Peace. <laughs>